The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You're listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 50. So today we're continuing our series on the path to enlightenment. And while this episode was not originally planned in the series, as I've gone into the series, I've realized I kind of forgot that spiritual communication is a tool that I have used every day for years and years and years on my path to enlightenment. After all, following spirit down this path is the entire point. So, although I have mentioned a few of these tools in previous episodes and in passing, I wanted to kind of zero in on three of my favorite tools that I honestly could not live without. Literally, the life that I live, if I did not have these tools in my hands, I would be lost. So, today we're going to talk about dreams, we're going to talk about synchronicities, and we're going to talk about signs and omens and and a little bit of nuts and bolts on all of them. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you uh, learn something new to apply to your life. And as always, let's get started. Spiritual communication, one of those things that I definitely take for granted, and uh, it was kind of laughable when I uh, realized that I'm doing a series on the path to enlightenment, and I was going to leave out spiritual communication as, uh, honestly, the most obvious tool, um, the the tool that I use all the time, and I think we all do, we just, you know, often we don't drill down in in get into the nuts and bolts of how it works for us. And it's a little bit different for everybody. And I'm going to do my best to kind of give you an overview of spiritual communication by what I mean by it. And then we'll dig into, for me personally, the tools that I use all the time. I use a lot of tools. There's actually a series of uh, spiritual communication um, on the website. And I will be turning that series into a class the series is from uh, previously, before the podcast started, New Age Christianity looked like uh, we did a weekly meeting um, for about six months, and we decided to stop that because it was turning into another religious obligation for a lot of us, including myself. And if you know me at all, you know that religious obligation is literally the kryptonite to spiritual power. So I just stayed away from it, and we, but we did a, I think it was maybe four or five weeks on spiritual communication. We kind of unpacked a bunch of different ones. And then I am trying to build an e-learning class on it uh, because it's it's almost, I mean, there's probably 30 or 40 that I can think of just off the top of my head of the different types of tools that I use or am aware of. Some do not resonate with me, but resonate with, with friends or family that I know. Uh, and then others, the ones I'm going to share with you today, literally, I use every day, all the time. I've already, um, the synchronicities in particular, I've already used three times today. So, uh, and it's only 10 o'clock. Obviously, spiritual communication, let me first kind of define it. It is based on the reality that there is a spirit and that there is a divine consciousness or divine intelligence that knows more than you do. Let me let's just put it that way. You know, we would call it God, we would call it the universe, 
whatever we call it, there is this understanding that what we see with our eyes, what we hear with our ears, is not the only reality. That there is something, some other substance, some other intelligence that we can have a relationship with in order to get wisdom, to gain insight and understanding, to get direction. Um, you know, depending on your view of spirit, you may view spirit like the kind of the traditional Christian model of, you know, spirit is God and spirit is in charge, right? And that spirit knows what's best. And so doing what spirit says is essentially your entire mission is to understand what spirit says. And then other people might have a, a view that is a bit more about kind of an interplay between spirit and humanity. For me, I'm sliding more and more into that angle of I view myself as a co-creator with God, a co-creator with Father. And so my will does matter. So it's not just about doing what Spirit says. It's not just about getting marching orders and, and yes, sir, I'll, you know, I'll call you back when it's done. Um, I did that for years, and that is a valid relationship, and it's a beautiful one. It's, I would highly encourage people, if you don't have any relationship with Spirit, start there. Start with... <laughs> Well, no, don't start there because you just end up becoming, you know, religious and soldier-like, and that's not a relationship that I think anybody was designed. We want, um, but it is a give and play. It is you know, give and take. <laughs> give and play. I'm not sure where that came from. It is a give and take, and there is a oh interplay. That's where that came from. There's an interplay between the wisdom and the will of you and spirit, and on your path to enlightenment on your path to becoming uh, heaven on earth and transcending the human limitations that we have put on ourselves and doing things like trans relocating or walking on water or manifesting fish money to pay your taxes, like on your path to becoming that and living heaven on earth, you must, there, there's really, it, it, I will put, I don't put a whole lot of rules out there, but I'm going to put this one out there. You're going to have to understand how to follow spirit for yourself. There is no man or woman, there's no guru, there's no book, there's no experience on a mountaintop that can magically take you from being off the path to being enlightened, right? You have to be from off the path to being on the path, and then on that path, it's going to be tailor-made for you. If someone says, this is how I got enlightened, follow me, Okay, you can follow them, but it's not going to 100% replicate in you the same thing it did in them. Why? Because everything is energy, and, and they had a different upbringing. They have a different energy to themselves in every single way. And whether even if you're identical twins and you had the same parents, unless you were in the same room all the time at the same time and everyone said the same thing to you all the time, even then you're still not going to be the same people because you're going to have different perspectives, different personalities. So each one of us is so incredibly unique that following spirit for yourself is the only way to know which tools, which paths, which books to read, which classes to go to, which teachers to listen to. These tools are kind of underneath all of that for me in how I do that. So um, for me, the, the top three tools that I use all the time are dreams, uh, synchronicities, and signs and omens, as I said in the intro. And I'm going to do my best to kind of to break those down. But before I get into that, I also want to say, 
Spiritual communication is like a language. If you're from China, you know, you speak Chinese. If you're from Russia, you speak Russian. If you're from America, you speak English. Now, you can say the same thing in three different languages and it will the energy of what is meant to be said will be conveyed to you in your language. So if spirit needs to tell you to take a job take this job over here and you speak Russian, you're going to hear it in Russian, right? If spirit needs to tell you to take this job over here and you speak dreams, you're going to get a dream. Uh, if you speak synchronicities, you're going to get synchronicities. If you speak prophecy, I know people who've been prophesied over so many times. You know why? Because that's part of their communication. If you've never been prophesied over and you're frustrated about it, I can promise you at this point, you it's just not part of your spiritual communication language. It's it's like a tool belt with different tools. Obviously, there's dozens, dozens and dozens of different tools you can use. Build your own set. Build your own tool belt. Find the ones that work well for you. Find the ones where the message doesn't just like go over your head or the consistent ones that you find that you interpret them consistently accurately, right? Um, There's people I know that, and I've tried it myself where I'm like, oh, I want to try doing that, you know, going into the spirit and like, I I think I talked about it uh, in the meditation episode, uh, going into the, into the heavens and stuff like that. There's some people that I know that come out with super accurate, super insightful, super prophetic clarity. And then others that come out with, I'll say fantasy. And it's trying really hard to be super spiritual and it's just not working for them. Just be honest with yourself. Realize, hey, I'm trying to go in the spirit. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to be a dreamer. Like, look. If it's not working for you, find what does. I can promise you there are dozens and dozens of things out there. There's going to be a handful of them that work really freaking well for you. Another, you know, just right off the top of my head, reading the Bible and getting getting uh, insight through Scripture is a huge one. That that was one for me. That was that was my primary tool for years. Was you know we've all read the Bible or read a book, or heard a song, or something. Um, songs is one of the ones when uh, when I talk about syncs. It doesn't just always have to be the same type of thing. You can, you can get messages from Spirit in any form, and there's going to be ones that you find are really, really easy for you, and really consistent for you. Just find the ones that work. Build your own language, and bring these tools to your path, and then share them with your friends and family and don't get frustrated if they don't like the same tools or they don't let them condemn you if you don't use their tools. If you're the type of person who is listening to this podcast, then I'm assuming that developing a spiritual communication tool belt is something of interest to you because you want to grow and you understand that there is a spirit, there is a wisdom that is available to you. So dig into it and tap into it through spiritual communication. So for me, I've always been a dreamer. My Since I was a kid, I've had prophetic style dreams. And I have learned a thing or two over the last few years. If those of you who know me well know that I am fairly gifted to in being able to uh, help people interpret dreams, um, which gifted isn't even the right word once you understand dreams. It's just a matter, it's kind of a skill. It's it's kind of, it's, I've been able to teach other people how to interpret dreams. 
Um, I know if you're familiar with scripture, then you've probably heard like Daniel or David that have the quote-unquote gift of interpreting dreams. Sure, but it's actually, I would say any of these is a skill and you can turn them on. Sure, I might have a bent towards it and we all do, we have our bents, but I, and I'm definitely bent towards dreams and the interpretation of dreams. But uh, I've got, I'd say, a half a dozen to a dozen people that I have kind of helped teach this to that I don't need to interpret their dreams anymore because they already get it. They already know how it works. Um, There's a great book out there. I've got it if you're uh, watching on the video. It's called The Divinity Code, which I do think the name is a bit cheesy, but it's a really good book. It's super thick if you can see it probably an inch or two inches thick. Um, the reason is, is at the back of the book, there is a index of allegorical meanings. It's This is a Christian book. So uh, they have a lot of scriptures and stuff like that. And this book means it has worked wonders for me because I come from a Christian world. And so when, so one thing to know about dreams is, is that your subconscious or your spirit uh, your soul, the different parts of you, depending on where the dream is coming from, it's going to use imagery that means something to you, right? So I've studied the Bible and been a Christian for my whole life. And so biblical imagery, and I'll give you an example. Uh, if I have a dream about corn, which I have, uh, it typic- it's going to typically mean something about either prosperity or famine, you know, because it the scripture where David, uh, sorry, where Joseph interprets the dream for Pharaoh. And, you know, it's the seven years of corn and the seven years of uh, like the fat corn and lean corn type of thing. Like, so that picture of feast and famine comes from the scripture. And I've had dreams of one dream in particular, I was driving down a road and out of nowhere, corn started sprouting up on my half of the road and then everything off to my right. And so and then for those who drive in countries where the right side of the road is where you drive. So on uh, my side of the road and everything off, as far as the eye could see, there was corn. And instead of driving, I was essentially plowing. And there's more to the dream. But, you know, that that corn, I now know, uh, represents basically mountains and mountains of spiritual truth and insight that were coming my way. And that's exactly what happened. So the imagery that your dreams carry will mean something to you. And this is really important when you start getting into trying to figure out if you're a dreamer. And if you want to turn that on, is to understand that you need to create your own language. And this is not about Googling it. This is not about, well, what does this guy say these dreams mean? Here's the deal. Corn may mean something different to you, right? To you, corn may mean something you don't like. Like maybe you just, maybe you're allergic to corn. And so plowing a bunch of corn is that there's something coming in your life that's <laughs> that you're, that's going to be harmful or whatever. Like, so I hope you get the idea. Your own imagery, your own picture uh, that your dreams give you needs to resonate with you. It needs to be specific to you. Now that doesn't, it's not a hard and fast rule in the sense that you can read a book like divinity code and the spirit will pick up on the fact, Oh, okay. So Austin has the divinity code as one of these books where he turns to, to help him interpret what the imagery means. Therefore spirit knows what's in this book, right? You don't, 
you you the spirit doesn't need you don't need to go read through and like put it into your subconscious mind the, the subconscious mind in the in the the field of consciousness that you are connected to all the time knows everything that's in the back of this book so if you buy it and you flip on your intention to become a dreamer then you can rest assured and be secure in the fact that spirit for the most part is going to use imagery that is consistent with the definitions in this book because it's an intention you brought in and you flipped on that switch and you said, I want to be a dreamer and I'm going to use this book and I'm going to understand dreams. Guess what spirit's going to do? He's going to honor that request and use this book to help. Now, there are certain times where, you know, there's, there may be a memory you have or, or corn may mean, you may have grown up on a, on a farm in the Midwest and your family grew corn like crazy. So corn may have a stronger meaning to you than what the book says. And in that case, again, it's, it is an art. It's not just a science. It's an art that to understand and interpret dreams. And, uh, there will probably be, there, there's pl- uh, plenty of great classes. And I'm sure, uh, if there's enough people that want a more detailed, op- uh, class for this, uh, we can do that. But the art of interpreting dreams is always, 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 the interpretation must resonate with you. Now, I tell this is the number one rule. Anybody who comes to me and says, hey, I had a dream. I'm having trouble figuring out. Can you help me? I will listen. And I, you know, again, I've, I've honed a skill in being able to kind of, what I do is I, I reword the dream back to people in such a way as for that to kind of unlock. Instead of telling him what it means, I, okay, tell me the story. So what you're saying is, is this is what happened in a dream. And then in rewarding it, it kind of, I carry with it some potential insights as to what it might mean. And I usually try to kind of ask them questions about what's going on in their life right now. And what they, if it think, oh, this, do you think this could represent your job? Or do you think this might represent? And usually you find an anchor point, like, okay, the main point of the dream was corn. Do you think this has something to do with spiritual prosperity or financial prosperity or allergic reactions like and then from there once you kind of find that main anchor point from the dream you can then build out well what does the car represent and how long were you driving and what off you know and you can then kind of frame off of that foundation of the main energy of the dream but that has to resonate with you for me to have a dream about corn and for you to have a dream about corn can mean two very different things and so if you're going to interpret help other people interpret their dreams leave your interpretation at the door I've had a lot of people kind of ask, well, what do you think it means? Not just, hey, help me interpret it, but what do you think it means? And I'll tell them and I'll say, okay, I'll, I will tell you what I think it means based on what I know of your life and where I, what it sounds like to me. But if this doesn't resonate with you, then throw it away. This is not thus saith the Lord. This is just me trying to help. And so I've had a lot of people where I'll say, well, I kind of think it means this, this, and this, but they'll be like, no, that doesn't really make any sense. And you know what? 90% of the time they're right. A few weeks will go by and it was the clarity of what the dream was comes to fruition. They go, oh, you know what it was? It was this, this, this. And all the pieces lock into place and it was exactly what the dream meant. And it had nothing to do with what I thought it meant. About 10% of the time I was right and they just weren't aware of what was going on in their life. But a lot of times if it does not resonate with you, it's for a reason. It's because you you know what's going on inside. You know where your subconscious is really at. And so as you attempt to interpret a dream, it's going to kind of hit that 
that nowhere button. It's going to hit that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense button. So those are some basic rules of dream interpretation. Now, the first thing you want to do if you're not a dreamer, turn your attention and intention to your dreams. I know a lot of people, I just don't dream. That's fine. Maybe you're not ever going to be a dreamer, but I have seen so many people. They go, man, Austin, I really like, if you know my stories, my dreams are freaking legit. Like there's some really, really powerful dreams I've had in, in, in different moments. Some are, and I'll talk about the different types of dreams. Uh, some are really insightful and kind of uh, words of knowledge for the moment. Some are prophetic for years out. And I've, I've had people kind of like, man, I wish I could, I wish I had a dream life like yours. And then I just tell them like, well, turn the intention turn your attention to your dreams and spend some time, buy the book, read it, put a little bit of energy towards becoming that type of person and watch it turn on because you can build, again, this is a tool belt. You want dreams in your tool belt, get the tool. Buy the tool. Turn the turn the tool on. This is not some uh, unique privilege that only certain people can dream. We all dream. It's just a matter of being able to increase the the effectiveness of those dreams and your ability to remember them, and so on and so forth. So, if you don't dream, don't be discouraged. Turn it on. Turn your attention. Buy the book. Start reading about it. Start meditating on what dreams are, and. By the law of attraction, by the law of vibration, you will become someone who thinks about dreams and who understands how dreams work. And guess what? You'll start dreaming. I guarantee it. That's just how it works. And stick with it. If you don't, if you have like one or two dreams and like, well, it's just not really. The, keep keep sticking with it. Depends on how bad you want it. I know a lot of people who've tried. They're like, yeah, I had some dreams, but it didn't really kind of didn't rock their world or change their life. And it's not really a big part of their life now. That's fine. They have a different tool belt. I'm just sharing with you mine because dreams has been a massive mile marker for me for years and years and years. I, I don't know what I would do, uh, especially in the big picture stuff of following spirit. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have dreams to kind of kind of look back on and go realize, oh, wow, spirit told me this was coming type of thing. So for the purposes of this uh, podcast, for, for this kind of discussion, I'm going to say there are, there are three types of spiritual communication dreams that are that I can break them down into these categories. The first and most common is kind of those subconscious processing dreams. If you're listening to a teacher like Carolyn Leaf or I think even Joe Dispenza talks, you know, they talk about how dreams are your mind's processing of subconscious processing for what's going on in your life, what's been going on in the day and so on and so forth. Those are the ones that you know you dreamt. Um, maybe if you wake up really groggy, you might remember a bit, but just give it about 10 seconds you, and you don't even really remember what was going on or where the dream was. And and that is your mind, your subconscious mind kind of defragging your life, right? So you experience so many things during the day. We've talked about the reticulated activating system, the RAS, that RAS filters out what's, an impor- what's important, such as when you're driving 80 miles an hour down the freeway, you're only paying attention to the cars that matter. You can imagine how distracting it would be if you were looking at every car going the other way or the cars going on the overpass or the cars that are, you know, three cars behind you or three cars ahead of you. Like, you pay attention to the, to the things that matter because your brain is, is designed to, to filter out what's important. Then you go to sleep. And now your subconscious is designed 
to then filter out what's really important and process the things out that aren't important and you know unpack the things that are confusing to it and it finds all these spots to you know let's put this here and put that there okay so those those are your kind of they're they are spiritual communication in the sense that if you if you can improve your ability to remember dreams and kind of turn into them a little bit more you can get a few little insights and they're more just like oh that makes sense they're, they're nothing earth shattering they're just kind of clarities on how to consciously box things together and say oh this conversation was that or this this moment was that but for the most part they're pretty mild then you kind of tick it up another notch and this is probably the most common uh, type of dream that I end up interpreting that I have for myself as well which is kind of the current events um, I, they could they would be uh, parallel to like a word of knowledge where it's not prophetic about the future it is insight about the present so let's say you're going through something at work or something in your family uh, going through a health issue it's it's typically things that you're currently processing and you're looking for wisdom you're not sure what to do you're not sure how to take what that where that person their actions are or whatever and your subconscious and spirit uh, your soul will give you a message in a dream and it's usually in the form of a story it's um you know i would say that if you ever have dreams that are direct communication i've only ever had one dream where it did not need to be interpreted it was a direct discussion with god um with father but for the most part they all need to be interpreted they're all an allegory form you know when you're driving down the road and corn pops up in, in the middle of the road it means something um, it's not an actual warning that corn's going to grow at, at record speed in the middle of a highway. So when you have these current events going on in your life and they're confusing or they're difficult or they're, you know, emotionally challenging, whatever, you will often have a dream to kind of illuminate, I don't know, pick, pick, it, it can illuminate a lot of different things. It can just be a, uh, it can be a dream to confirm that your perspective is accurate right? You're thinking, man, this person's lying to me and I feel really cheated or I feel whatever. And your dream is interpreted and you realize, yep, sure enough, my, my dream is confirming that I'm being lied to and I feel betrayed. Awesome. Sometimes it's, they can be dreams that kind of give you a different perspective to, because you're not on the right path. No, they're not lying to you. You're not being betrayed. As a matter of fact, you're just bringing in issues from this other relationship over here that you thought was fine. And subconsciously, you actually know it's not fine. And you're conflating the two relationships. And here's some insight on how to really deal with the situation. I've had that kind of stuff. Those dreams can be really helpful when you're confused or you think you know what's going on and then your dream comes in and says, no, you don't know what's going on. So, and then there can be other kind of current event dreams that they're for other people. They're uh, so that you can know what the other person is going through or what the other, the scenario really needs. And they can be uh, really helpful for kind of taking your next steps in this particular scenario, because now you have this insight and you see this glaring opportunity for, I don't know, an, an opportunity to say something to this person that uh, you didn't know uh, needed to be addressed or bring somebody into a scenario that wasn't involved or whatever. 
So current events, insights, and, and deeper truth into what's currently going on uh, are typically the the number one type of dream I interpret. And inside of that, it's usually the ones that are, they're just, it's your subconscious is letting you know what's really going on. And so, you know, when someone says, hey, I had this dream, this happened, that happened, this happened, this happened, I'll ask them, so what's going on at work or what's going on in your in your relationship? What's going on health-wise? And typically one of those kind of, they'll, they'll, or financially, they'll lock in and be like, oh yeah, this is about my finances. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I do have, feel, and, and suddenly it kind of, I don't even have to keep interpreting, especially for those who've had the practice. It just kind of locks into like this, this dream was about finances and now I understand the rest of it. What, what you do with it from there is up to you. It depends on the, the content of the dream. And then the last type of dream is the one that we all want. And it's the one that uh, we all want until we have them. And then they, it changes your life and it's scary as crap. But uh, it's kind of those future prophetic dreams, um, future potentials. So uh, I would say a lot of times a dream is this, this could happen. You know, this path is before you and it could happen. And then there are future uh, events or future knowns the things that are going to happen. So when you're looking at prophetic dreams for the future, again, there's things that could happen or there's things that are going to happen. An example of this is when Joseph interprets the dream for Pharaoh. Pharaoh, remember, if you remember, he has the dream about the famine twice. Uh, once is the seven years of corn, uh, you know, good ears and bad ears. And, next, and once was the seven cows, good cows and, and lean cows. And Joseph says to him, because you've had this dream twice, it is... This is Austin's paraphrase. That is proof that this is going to happen. This is a sure thing. This is not a maybe. So there is going to be seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine because you've had the dream twice. And I have found by by and large that rule has stayed true for me. There are dreams that I have twice. They're, they're never in the same... That's a whole other thing of like recurring dreams. Recurring dreams, by the way, is a message your subconscious is desperately trying to get to you. If you have a recurring dream, hit me up on Facebook and I'll help you try to interpret it because your subconscious is screaming, please understand this. And it is and it is recurring because it's really trying to get you to understand the message. But in this case, the kind of prophetic dreams for the future, often if they're if it's if it's a sure thing, then they will come. You will have two dreams, typically a couple dreams within I would say Often for me, it's two nights back to back, but sometimes they've stretched out over three or four days, um, but I'll know they're connected because the flow of the dream is so similar. And so when you have a dream twice or when you have two dreams about the same message, that typically is, I'm, I'm sure there's been examples where it's not true, but my in my experience, that means it is going to happen, that this event is coming and that is a sure thing, quote unquote. And so the the prophetic kind of future dreams, those are the ones that I get really, really, I hold very loosely because I'll speak for myself. I've had in my knower that someday in my future, there will be, quote unquote, great financial prosperity. And so I've had so many dreams about prosperity and, and windfalls and to this point, every single one of them has been about spiritual prosperity. It's been about uh, this next 
harvest that's going to come in from the spiritual work that I've done. And every single time it ends up being spiritual. And yet I'm kind of ashamed to admit how many times that I've thought, okay, this one is finally about the finances. <laughs> and so I've had to learn to hold them loosely. Um, those kind of prophetic dreams about the future. Uh, don't go buying motorcycles on credit because you're just certain that you're going to be a millionaire in a couple weeks. Like trust the timing of it, hold your interpretations loosely, see what happens. And often your actions and your choices will affect the outcome. What's really interesting is when you start to see the interplay of, did I make this choice because I had a dream, right? Did I, did this, and for me, someone who is a dreamer and holds dreams very highly, I can tell you, I have, I've made certain choices and hold, held certain uh, perspectives because of dreams that I've had in the past. Um, I mean, I've, I had a dream years ago uh, that has put me on a path. I've, I've lived in, in North Carolina. I've lived in, I had this dream in North Carolina. I've lived in Florida and Michigan. I've started so many different uh, projects, nonprofit projects and stuff, because I had a series of dreams about my ministry. And I've made decisions based on those dreams. And so it is kind of that, uh, if you've ever seen The Matrix, and when Neo goes to visit the Oracle, and the Oracle says, hey, don't worry about the vase. And he goes, what vase? And he turns around, and when he turns around, he knocks the vase over and it breaks. And she, he goes, how would you know that? She goes, no, don't worry about that. What's really going to bake your noodle is, later on is, had you, would you have broken it had I said, not said anything? Because he didn't turn around until he said, well, what vase? And so, you know, would this dream have happened had you not had the dream? And that is some of the really cool interplay in the path to enlightenment and your journey with spirit. When you start to realize that spirit gave you a dream, you interpreted it, you've held this energy of this interpretation, and now you're making decisions in your life because you had a dream. Joseph did it, Right. Joseph went and told his brothers about his dreams. Joseph, I, I've, I've studied that story so many times that I'm, I am convinced that there are certain things that Joseph did and said and held in his heart because of those dreams that he believed. And you can watch his story and see his, his actions. And he, and he definitely relates it to the, in the end. He says, hey, the, what you guys intended for evil, God intended for good. Then this is all good. Like he, he, directly relates what's happening to him in Egypt with the dreams he had as a child. And he had that dream twice, by the way, you know, he had the, the stars bowing down and then he also had the sheaves bowing down. So again, it's, it was a sure thing. Now, interpreting dreams, again, it must resonate with you. And this drives me nuts because, um, people Google it. <laughs> And I'm going to, this actually flows into synchronicities as well. Um, when you have to Google what something means, that's fine. I've done it too. I do do it. I, I um, there's imagery. I, I'm, whenever I find myself kind of studying a new culture or a new uh, kind of religious tradition to kind of see what's, what truths are in there, chew the meat, spit out the bones, I find that I might start having dreams with imagery from those types of cultures for a while. And sometimes they stick, sometimes they don't. But I'll have to Google, well, what does an owl mean? You know, to the Western culture, an owl means wisdom and, you know, mystery. 
and to the a lot of Eastern or a lot of Native American cultures, and then some Eastern cultures, owls represent death, right? And they represent uh, darkness. So if you don't have a clear community, if you don't have a clear meaning in your mind, like, oh, I just had this dream about an owl, and I'm not sure what it means, and you haven't bought the Divinity Code book, and you said, you know what, I'm going to Google it. That's fine. Google it. But don't pay attention to the people who present it as owls mean this. Anybody who comes on Google and tells you what something absolutely means in spiritual communication, run. Because they don't know what the crap they're talking about. If they come with an absolute of what something means, they're wrong just in the energy of what they're doing. It may be true, and you may find that you resonate with somebody who does that because maybe you have a lot of the same history, a lot of the same background, a lot of the same culture. And so what an owl means to them and what 1111 means to them and what different, you know, a crow means to them might be fine, but but hold it loosely and find out what it really means to you um, because you are not them. And so when you Google stuff, just be careful. And anybody who's dogmatic, I stay away from. It literally, whether you're religiously dogmatic or health-wise dogmatic or or any sort of philosophy, anybody who's dogmatic doesn't understand how what kind of variety humans have. And so that's just my kind of uh, two cents warning about Googling stuff. And with that, so now I'm going to roll into synchronicities. So there's different types of synchronicities. My favorite type is the clock, digital clocks. Um, I mean, you can do analog, but it's it's very much more visually accessible uh, with digital clocks. So we've all seen 1111 or 1010 or 1212 or 333 or 444 or 555. We've all seen, you know, 1234 or, uh, you know, 321, 123, 234, 456. So these different synchronicities, they mean different things. And here's the thing. Again, if you Google that, oh, what does 1111 mean? You're going to get some really dogmatic idiots who tell you it means X, Y, and Z. That's, let me just back up for a second. You can create this particular language, synchronicities, is so customizable. And I can, I, a lot of you who've listened to this, listened to this podcast, uh, know then we've had these discussions um, in, in different formats that you can customize your synchronicities to mean to you what you desire them to mean. So for me, I'll give you an example. One, two, three, four. So twelve thirty four is a synchronicity on the clock that means it's a very, very powerful one for me. I have created it in such a way that when I see one, two, three, four, I know that major life change is at the door. And I have seen it in the last couple years. I have seen it maybe four or five times. And sure enough, literally within 24 to 48 hours, major life change is at the door. And you would be amazed. I never, ever, ever look at the clock at 1234. I never see it at 1234 unless I'm supposed to. So people, oh, well, you know, it's just, it's just random chance. I'm telling you, turn your attention and intention and it won't be, right? Especially like 1234, it's only on the clock two times. Now, I'll look at the clock. There's a lot of times where it's like one, two, three, three, or one, two, three, five. Um, if, especially if it's like one, two, three, three, I'll look at the clock or, you know, it's 1230. 
then I'll maybe look at the clock a minute later and it's 12.34. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, if I'm aware of what time it is and it's about lunchtime and I'm I'm at work and I'm about to take a break and I, and I watch it climb from 12.30 to 12.34, that's not the kind of like, oh my gosh, my life is going to change that I'm talking about. I'm talking about that, like you haven't checked the clock in a couple of hours and you look over and sure enough, it's 12.34. That that always, for me, comes with a message and it's very powerful. Stuff like 11.11, 10.10, 12.12, 4.44, where the numbers are in, they're the same. Those, for me, have programmed as basically, hey, Austin, you're on track. You're in sync. You are, your body, soul, and spirit are all on the same page. And what's going on in your life is exactly where you're supposed to be. It's kind of that you are here marker at the at the map on the mall and on the on the map at the mall that you know you are here so 11 11 just means another way to think of it is like two tracks it's, it's you're on the you're on the right path you're in the right place and everything's great um when i see ascending or descending numbers for me they're the same uh they're basically mean in sequence so if i see 234 or 456 or 123 that means to me that I'm in the process of change or change is coming, but it's not like the one, the one, two, three, four, that's like big change. And it's at the door. Um, for me, I mean, there's all sorts of little changes. If you're considering, you know, even things like, Oh, you're going to get a 50 cent raise or you're, uh, you're considering whether or not you should go home for the holidays and, and smallest little things, the sequence, either up or down, for me, I've they mean the same thing to me. That means that there's change. I'm in the middle of change. It's still kind of like I'm on I'm on track, but I'm on track for change, no matter how small. Then there are the bookends. So 808, 303, 202, 101. You know, uh, one of my favorites is actually 1001. So you got 1001. Those those kind of bookend syncs for me actually represent that I'm, I'm in between seasons and I don't, you know, if I see 808 just once, like 1234, if I see it once, I, it gets my attention. If I see 808 or 909 or, you know, whatever, I need to see it consistently for three or four days, four or five days, um, you know, a couple times a day where I realize that, that that is very much carrying a message. Because most of the time I'm, um, I see in the ascending or descending seeks sinks, or I see the you know eleven eleven version, and that just means my my path is good. I'm on the right path, and I'm you know live your life. When it shifts to an eight oh eight or nine oh nine bookend thing, uh, it usually takes a couple of days for that message to resonate deeply. To go okay, so something I'm in the middle of two seasons. And it can be it can be professional, it can be personal, it can be financial, it can be health wise. It doesn't really matter, but it does take a bit, a few days for that message to kind of sink in. And then, uh, kind of one of the more important ones is actually whenever I consistently see again, it needs to be four or five days worth. Whenever I consistently see like eleven ten, or twelve eleven, or one two three three. Um, where I'm just one off from being in sync, that typically is the message I get when I'm off, when I'm not on the path, when I'm when I've missed something, or my. It's usually a lot like my the way I'm thinking about something is actually not right. Maybe I've got the wrong perspective and I need to rethink something. That one is 
so incredibly useful when you're going through difficult choices or difficult seasons because the nuance of your energy as you're considering different things is powerful. You know, when your energy is and you think, oh, this is what's happening, this is what's going on, and you're kind of heading in that direction, and then you realize, no, I'm actually, I'm wrong. It's This isn't what's happening. This isn't what's going on. It, it's actually this. The sinks can, can, or being off sync can actually kind of force you, if you let it, to rethink your, your situation, to examine it again. And I do that all the time. And then sure enough, I'll examine it again. I'll come up with a different conclusion. And then boom, I'm right back on sync for days on end. So it is, and syncs aren't just clocks for me. Clocks are huge, but you can even do syncs with uh, music. One of the thing, one of my favorite things to do in, in certain seasons is I'll do, you know, I have Spotify and I'll do either to discover weekly or I'll do, you know, I'll go to this artist, you know, the radio where it mixes you with other artists and stuff like that. And, or I'll have this massive playlist and I'll just pit shuffle and it'll lead me through like five or six songs that basically tell my story at the moment. Um, you can use music. You can use uh, animal medicine um, to, for sinks. I know uh, people who, you know, uh, you know, crows carry a particular message or ravens um, where squirrels can carry a message or your dog can, can and how your dog behaves can carry a message. So being in sync, you, you know, if you're a very nature person and, and clocks doesn't really resonate with you, but you understand animal medicine, you'd be amazed at, you know, I've had so many different stories. This is one of those ones that's, it's in my life. It's, it's probably, uh, I'd say somewhere like nine or 10 on my list of tools that I use, but I do use this and it's especially carries special messages, but um, you can use it regularly enough to that it's just a sync for you. And when you're on your, when you're on your path, you see a lot of crows. And when you're off your path, you see dead crows, you know, whatever, um, you know, that can, that can be a thing. So it doesn't just have to be clocks. I obviously went a little bit more into what the clocks do for me, but again, build your own language, fill out your tool belt and have these spiritual communication tools available to you. Last but not least is something I use a lot is signs and omens. And so I talked about animal medicine for me it kind of fits more into this category of, and the difference between a sign or an omen is not signs are good and omens are bad. Um, it is that signs are asked for and omens are not asked for. Another way to say it is you signs, you're asking for confirmation of a message you've already received or you think you've received. And omens carry a message that you are unaware of. So omens bring their own message with them. I'll give you an example of I've had signs where in particular there was a, a really difficult thing that I was working through and I needed a pretty strong sign and so I'm driving down this road and I asked spirit that if if what I'm thinking is true and if it's accurate I would like to see a buck a, a whitetail uh, deer buck and sure enough uh, about 20 minutes later I saw a buck on the other end of a field staring right at me and so I had the confidence to kind of double down on what I was thinking. And sure enough, it proved out to be exactly accurate. As crazy as it was, it was perfectly accurate. And that was a sign. Now, there's another story where I was dealing with a problem at church when I was a worship leader. And there was a relational challenge with some, some of the people on the team. And I was kind of meditating on this, how to deal with it. And it, 
the relational challenges weren't enough to like, oh, I need to go deal with this right now. It was just these little, these slow little drips that were just kind of eroding the the team. And I had that scripture come to mind, like it's the little spot, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And I was like, you know what? These these little foxes are just starting to add up. Maybe I should deal with it. I'm not sure. It's just you know, it's you know that stuff that's like not important enough. And when you do bring it up, people are like, really? But at the same time, there's a lot of them. And so it is kind of important. It was that. And I just wasn't sure if I should deal with it or not. And as I'm meditating on it, a fox starts running alongside my truck, like for a few hundred yards. And I'm like, look at it like, holy crap. And then it darts in front of my vehicle. It goes across the other side of the street and runs along my truck for another couple hundred yards and then goes off into the woods. And... I had just been meditating on whether or not I should deal with this. It's a little foxes that spoil the vine and a fox in the middle of the day in a rainstorm runs alongside the highway with me for like a total of like five or 600 yards. I kind of feel like that was an omen <laughs> just a bit. I didn't, I wasn't asking for a sign. I was just meditating on something. And yet the synchronicity, the omen of this animal medicine, if you will, uh, proved me that yes, it is the little foxes that spoil, spoil the vine. And I ended up dealing with the issue and guess what? That, you know, the, the people involved actually ended up leaving the church and then everything was great. So, and I dealt with the issue very kindly. It wasn't like I kicked anybody out. I just addressed a few things and there was so much offense underneath it that I had no clue was there. Um, had I not had that omen that, uh, you know, to deal with it. So I've had so many different stories of signs and omens and the difference between the two. But in short, signs are asked for, omens are not asked for. It's not good and bad. Um, now, omens, there's such thing, <laughs> I like what Tom Brown calls it. He calls it omenitis. So if you get into signs and omens and everything means something, you can you can fall prey to omenitis where everything is an omen. Everything is this deep spiritual meaning. Everything is, <gasps> the universe is saying something. And here's the deal. Like, <laughs> I don't want to discourage you from the truth of that, but I also don't want to, you're going to have to learn how to balance uh, the reality that do things do happen, right? And everything, nothing is an accident and everything is powerful and meaningful, but is everything meant to, like, if you're, if everything's an omen and everything's a, everything is a sign, at some point you become schizophrenic. Right, there has to be some stability in how you view life and how you view the world, and nobody wants to be a friend with with somebody who is un you know unreliable, and you know oh well I saw, a, <laughs> you know, a, a fly landed on my desk so clearly I need to fly away from here like flies land on everybody's desks deal with it like it it's okay so don't get omenitis. And, uh, but I would say build up your sensitivity to omens. And now the more and more, remember, these are basically signs that are unasked for. The more and more I've built up my sensitivity, it is everywhere. There is so many small moments of communication from spirit to you that it has become like a synchronicity. It has become like a clock for me where, and for me, it is animal medicine that has kind of taken an uptick in the last few years of when, because I live in Northern Michigan, there's plenty of animals, all sorts of stuff. I, I I've seen in the last uh, month, I've seen five bald eagles, uh, one of which like flew right over my head uh, by about 10 feet on a job site. 
And the dude who were working with me were like, what the crap? And the thing was huge. Um, and I was on a roof doing a chimney and a bald eagle flew right over my head. So like there is, uh, there are spiritual, there's spiritual communication available everywhere. You can get it from people. You can get it from a Bible. You can get it from your dreams. You can get it from nature. You can get it from clocks. You can get it from prophecies and all sorts of all. You can get it from pains in your body, and you can certain. You know, I know uh, people who are very energetically sensitive to other people's energy, and it it's spiritual communication is almost unlimited. There's almost as many types of spiritual communication as there are languages on this planet. And so build your tool belt, figure out the ones that work for you, and let those things truly, truly lead you on your path. Your path to enlightenment is designed for you specifically. I hope these tools have helped. Um, I know for me, again, I use them every day. And I will, there will be, I have, it's about halfway done, an e-learning module on spiritual communication with more details to come and more classes to be had, more modules to be had. So um, this is something that is important for the New Age Christian community, for the New Age Christian journey and thought form. And so it will be something that comes up uh, regularly over the years. And uh, if you have any questions, hit us up on Facebook. As always, uh, we ask that you would consider donating to New Age Christianity. We're a 501c3. All donations are highly appreciated. Just ask Spirit uh, if it's something you should do. And as always, we thank you for asking. Uh, if you do shop on Amazon, go to the New Age Christian website. The banner on the front page on the right side uh, is a link to Amazon uh, front page. Um, it would give us some credit with Amazon, a little income there, and uh, the books. So I'm going to link to the Divinity Code in the product or in the show description. If you go to newagechristianity.org. Uh, you can buy it through there. Uh, it is a great resource. I know a lot of people in my immediate circle have purchased it, and it is something they use. That it's a reference that they turn to regularly. I highly recommend it. So I uh, hope you guys are doing really awesome as the fall is coming and looking forward to Halloween. I know there's a lot of you in this community that love Halloween, and uh, maybe I'll do an episode on it coming up soon. For me, it's not something that I've ever really celebrated, but I have some thoughts on it that uh, I might be sharing. I'm going to be on the Reckless Pursuit podcast uh, talking about Halloween soon, so maybe I'll just share that episode as well. All right, guys. Love you. See you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.